right, we made it to the second half of the program on this Tuesday, Fat Tuesday. Hope you're enjoying your day. Coming up, we'll chat with Teresa Walker, SEC Women's Basketball Tournament starting tomorrow. A little John Morant conversation. you got to check him out in the Grizzlies. And Top 5 Tuesday, so much more. So stay with us now. Back to the gentlemen who are fat with knowledge of sports and other information. The Hall of Famer, Mo Patton, and the Sundrop Kid from Alabama and a Birmingham Steel Dog aficionado, Chris Yow. I guess I'm still the president of the fan club. They never voted me out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, I guess, guess I'm still the president. All right. It is Tuesday and Top 5 Tuesday coming up when we give you the Top 5 Sports Books to screen. It's going to be a lot of fun. And you know I'm you know I'm going to push the rules, right? I'm pushing the limits of the rules. Y'all, y'all already knew I was going to do that, so it is what it is. But it's going to be a lot of fun because the reason we're doing that is later this week we will have the author of a book that is being turned into a screenwrite. A series, actually. Not just a movie. That's right. So It will be... An entire series called Winning Time coming up on HBO Max. Author Jeff Perlman, who has been with us, gosh, it's been almost a year and a half now. He he was he was early in the show. Have we not had him back since? I don't think so. Okay. So it's it's been a long time since we've talked to Jeff and looking forward to it because again, he wrote the book Showtime, but you can't call it Showtime because it's on HBO. <laughs> so work out real well yeah as we try to get it set up for this week um he could not come on tomorrow because the premiere oh yeah well yeah. you know oh, he's got well, other things to do well yeah he'll be on a red carpet somewhere at right? least at least we'll be able to ask him about said red exactly. carpet visit yeah on so. thursday we'll visit with him thursday so mr perlman what were you wearing who were who, you wearing? who were you wearing that's who right who were you wearing that's the first question out of the box, right? And and Jeff will have no idea. <laughs> Cole House and Hagerman and Hush Puppy. Yep. <laughs> His wife probably took care of all of that. Here, wear this. Boom. Put this on. This is going to be great. Yeah. Anyway, so Dennis Dodd four hours ago posts a story that. Harkens back to 2006 when a press release was sent out by the NCAA uh, addressing game length and recommended two minor changes that would have resulted in a lot less football, shortened games, etc. I don't remember how that came to the committee. Former rules chairman and Pittsburgh State coach Chuck Broyles recalled. It wasn't very well received, though. So anyway, offensive coaches got angry. Uh, They decided against all of it. But this week in Indianapolis, there will be some other rule changes that will result in less football uh, talked about. A lot of folks are talking about it because exposure, obviously, to head injuries and the fact that games are almost four hours long most of the time. So, 
How do we change that? The committee is looking into uh, extra points, two-point attempts, kickoffs, um, everything. We could see things like an incomplete pass being treated the same as running out of bounds so that the clock starts on the ready for play instead of on the snap. On the snap. Uh, no longer stopping clocks after first downs, which is something the NFL does, but college does not. Um, those are two of the same things that were talked about in 2006. Is it time to make those two rules adjustments? Would those be positive for college football? Well, I mean, if length of if length of game is a concern, is an issue, then yeah, I, I think those are two ways that you could address that without really impacting the product on the field or not adversely affecting it. I don't think so. As always. Right share, uh, I'm sorry, rights holder CBS, ESPN, Fox, and NBC have been invited to lend their input. Other unrelated broadcast considerations being discussed in those meetings include JP, weigh in on this. All right. Extra point commercial. Okay. Just like NASCAR does the side by side, a playthrough. And mm. golf, you've got game. Yep. Commercial. It's at least 20 to 30 seconds right there. At least one saving. spot. Yep. Yeah. Per extra point. Hmm. Uh, this is a positive. I think this is a good one. If 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 shortening the, the, the time span, but also you obviously, if you are CBS, Fox, ESPN, and NBC, you don't want to lose network break time. I think they they have plenty of network break time. Um, I don't disagree. I'm well, just it, and you know now whether or not they have built in multiple, you know, certain number of those, but there there's plenty of um, of inventory time in a college football game. And and you're right. I mean, they're you know it's almost impossible to schedule the triple header now and not miss. I mean, college basketball is getting that way. You're going to overlap. Some. Yeah, I mean it's it's getting ESPN News is getting a lot of live sports these days. Yep, <laughs> or pieces of live sports. Well, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's yeah. you know they're getting the first four minutes of something. Mm -hmm. I here's the thing: when they did this in 2006, most people believed that it gave rise to up tempo offenses. Offensive coaches adapted by running plays faster, less time to get them in. Since that time. The average plays per game have not dipped below 68.4 plays per game. And if player safety is an issue, you got to you, you you can't have teams running 86 plays a game. So. It's just what they're saying, man. I don't, I don't make the rules. That's just what was said. Anyway, I, I just think it's interesting. I mean, 
That sounds like a lot of game, a lot of plays. It is. But I don't know how you reduce it. You reduce it by not stopping the clock so much. I like adopting those NFL rules of no stop on the first down. After the first down would be a, a or just the incomplete pass incomplete. where you start. Run it again on, on the, the radio play. Ready on play. The spot. Yeah. Except and, and I think it's under, under like two, two minutes. minutes, I think, is yeah. the Yeah. Just going taking one of those two would be massively yep. taking both of them would probably reduce it by thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. And how many plays? Probably ten. At least. On average. At least. So Anyway, also the NFL committee meeting in Indianapolis on the 27th. Not sure what came of this, but they were talking about modifying OT for just the postseason to ensure both teams get a possession. So they need 24 out of 32 teams to to enact that rule. It just feels like to me if you're going to modify it for the postseason, you might as well modify it across the board. Well, they did, they did that. The, you remember the one the, – this, this current rule was mm-hmm. changed just for the postseason, and then it moved full time. I think mm-hmm. it was more of a – we're going to try it out and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Teresa Walker is set to join us here on the other side of the break. So stick around right back on Main Street Sports today. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck, yes. That'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student-athletes in your community? Obviously, yes! Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. What better way to start your morning every weekday with... All the latest news from around Middle Tennessee with Big Joe Dubin. It's Joe Dubin. That's right, uh, him and Justin each weekday at 7 a.m. For the most up-to-date news and more from around the entire Mid-State. It's Mornings on Main Street with Big Joe Dubin, 7 a.m. Right here on all of our Main Street social media platforms. Back to Chris and Mo. Mo, you know... We talked earlier 
last week, I believe, about the SEC basketball tournament being in Tampa. And it's unfortunate because Tampa does, doesn't seem like it's in the footprint. But there's a reason it doesn't seem like it's in the footprint. Because it's not. There we go. But this week, the women's basketball tournament will start. And it is right here in Nashville. Definitely on the footprint. Right in the middle of the footprint. And here's the great thing about it is, uh, I guess, two years ago, I think, that the tournament was was held here. And it was an electric atmosphere downtown. I, I remember I was doing, uh, that's back when I was doing karaoke on Tuesday nights, uh, running the show at, at AJ's Good Time Bar and Grill on Broadway. And it was just really awesome to see the different fans come in. They've all got their their team gear on and all having a good time after the games, before the games. Just it's it's really cool to see those fan bases who are passionate about women's basketball, especially in the Southeastern Conference, because it's so good. Seeing them here and having a great time in downtown Nashville, I'm super excited about it. It does start tomorrow, and uh, we uh, we get to talk about it. Absolutely. We get to talk about it with Teresa Walker, who is, you know, simply the best. She joins us now on the phone lines. We still do phone lines around here. I guess technically you're doing it on a. Are, are, are you still calling them via Google Voice? Yeah, it's a so it's, form of phone. It's it's something. She like she's it. on her she's phone. She's probably on the phone. Yeah, she's on the phone. Teresa, how are you? I am good, and I am on my phone. So that is the there you go. There we go. So so joining us on her phone is. Teresa Walker of the Associated Press. Um, I assume you will be posted up in Bridgestone Arena for the for the duration, Teresa. Uh, well, I'm I'm not going to be there for tomorrow's games, uh, but I will be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Slacker. Let's see. I mean, Alabama, Auburn, and. Texas A&M Vanderbilt deserve your presence as well, Teresa. Uh, no, they do, and I'm sure that they would love to have me there. But can I just say, you, you know, I've got the whole state. You know, I'm not like Jesus with the whole world in my hand, but I got the whole state of Tennessee when it comes to sports okay. in my hand. Well, don't yeah, worry because we're we're, we're going to get to some state. other portions of yeah, the state before we let you go. But um, thank you. you you know, Tennessee and LSU played Saturday, uh, Sunday, excuse me. Um, Tennessee drops a 57-54 decision there, and I'm not sure what it cost them, really, because the LSU wind up getting the number two seed, Tennessee's the three. I mean, otherwise, maybe it would have been flipped. Um, still, if seeds hold, they're going to meet in the semifinals. So um, the fact that Tennessee was able to – pull down one of those top four seeds and get the double bye basically I, I think was a pretty big feat especially if you ask Chris Yao who is of the I was gonna thought ask process her that she Tennessee has overachieved this season see I wanted to get well, my confirmation Mo well there we well, go I, here's the thing 
I know that Lady Vol fans are probably disappointed. I mean, you know, it, it was just a few weeks ago that, you know, the NCAA tournament brackets were, you know, the, the, the projections were for Tennessee to be a number one seed. And, you know, suddenly they're number 18 overall in the new uh, AP Top 25 poll that came out yesterday. Uh, but when you look at the, the losses, I mean, you know, the, when, when they lost Jordan Horston, I mean, that was just a, a knife to the gut because, you know, you've already lost, you know, uh, was it Suarez who, you know, hasn't even played this year. Uh, you know, Ray Burrell missed the first 12 games. And then you had uh, Ken Green who, you know, had an injury to end her season. And then Horston, I, I, I once took a fall onto my elbow, luckily just kind of dislocated it a little bit. But to fracture and dislocate an elbow – I can't even imagine how that feels. So it's like, and, and she's your leading scorer. I mean, she's the one who was kind of, you know, carrying the heavy load through, you know, through everything else. And then you've lost her. So the fact that they may, I know that the fans were not happy at the way they, you know, Tennessee fell behind on, on, sun, on yeah, Sunday, trying to keep track of the days here. But, uh, you know, the fact that they were able to come back with a 13-1 run and, have a chance to make a bucket at the end to, you know, force overtime or, you know, maybe get the, that was impressive. So that tells me that this team isn't going to quit. So, you know, we'll see what happens. They get a, you know, if things go by chalk, then they have another chance against LSU on Saturday night after, you know, South Carolina and Ole Miss presumably might play. So, you know, to, to get to the semifinals, I know that championships are what the Lady Balls are expecting, but in this season, to have a chance to be in that semifinal and be playing and, and positioning yourself for a good seed in the NCAA tournament, that's not a bad place to start for this year. You're not telling me, hey, preaching to the choir over here. I, I feel like this team, especially after Orson and Green went down, this was this was a team that anything they do from this point on, anything they achieve is going to be an overachievement in my opinion. And I'm not mad at them for losing against LSU. I'm not going to be mad at them if they lose in the semifinals of this tournament. Now I'd probably be mad if they lost Alabama again, but <laughs> I'd be like, that, that's a team you got to beat. But this, this SEC tournament, we, you have to remember, this is one of the deepest conferences in women's basketball. Well, that's the thing. Think about it. Ken Mulkey comes over from Baylor, and, you know, LSU was picked to finish eight. They won nine games last year. And, oh, what have they done? Hmm. They just matched one of the, you know, biggest turnarounds, you know, ever. I mean, you know, Kim, Kim Mulkey once uh, had a 12-and-a-half game turnaround at Baylor. Well, they've got a 12-and-a-half game turnaround at this moment. And, oh, yeah, postseason to add to that. So, uh, it, you know, what she's done, I mean, people, when, when she was announced as LSU's coach, I think people were kind of – Expecting this, right? It's like, oh goodness, there goes the neighborhood. Just keeps getting tougher, um, and you know that's that's where the SEC has always been. Now, for SEC fans, the thing that maybe hurts a little bit is, you know, you look at that top twenty-five, and yes, there's South Carolina right there at the top, and LSU's at six, and then you kind of have to scroll down a little bit to get to number eighteen, Tennessee, and then Florida's at twenty-three, Georgia's at twenty-four. Um, and, and that's the thing, you know, you kind of, this league is used to having four or five teams rank, not just in the top 25, but top 15. So, you know, maybe parity is taking its, its effect for sure. Uh, because goodness, I, you're competing in the SEC. It's never been easy and it never will be. Speaking with Teresa Walker of the Associated Press as we, um, get ready for the 
Southeastern Conference Women's Basketball Tournament that starts tomorrow with a couple of, for lack of a better phrase, play-in games down at Bridgestone Arena. You've got um, 13-seed Vanderbilt and number 12-seed Texas A&M at 11 a.m. in what could be Gary Blair's last game. And that is followed by number 11, Alabama, and number 14, Auburn. Those are the only two games on Wednesday. Thursday slate starts at noon with number nine seed Missouri and number eight Arkansas. All these games are on the SEC network, by the way, up until the semifinals. Um, the second game of the day has the A&M Vandy winner against number five seed Florida. Uh, seven seed Kentucky and number 10 seed Mississippi State at six. And following that, you've got the Alabama-Auburn winner against number six, Georgia. Uh, your four seed, uh, your top four seeds are South Carolina, LSU, Tennessee, and Ole Miss. And I'll say all that to say this, Teresa. The job that Yolette McCune has done down at Ole Miss, getting that team to a top four seed in her what? Fourth year over there after going nine and twenty-two or first year, seven and twenty-three or second year, and fifteen and twelve this year. Uh last year, I'm sorry. Getting to twenty-two and seven, and again that number four seed. I I'm not sure that anybody expected that out of them this year. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you expect a Kim Mulkey to go in and do what she's done because she's got the you know, the pelts on the wall, so to speak, you know, with the championships, et cetera, and NCAA tournament uh birth. But to go into Ole Miss, and yes, Ole Miss has a great history, um, but you know it, it can be tough. Again, we were just talking about this conference, right? To get at that kind of turnaround in this conference, uh, I mean, Texas A&M was a team that was predicted to, in Kentucky. We're supposed to be top four seeds this year, and no, that didn't happen. Um, you know, and, and Ole Miss is the team that surprised to get up there along with LSU. So it's impressive to see what you know she has done. Because, you know, let's face it, patience is getting thinner in women's basketball because, you know, ADs are expecting more. Maybe not, you know, it takes some schools longer to make changes than others. Not going to say Vanderbilt. Um, But, you know, credit Candace Lee, she's made a great move with Shea Ralph, you know, but, you know, what she's done at Ole Miss, it's impressive. And, you know, hey, I know that, uh, you know, they, they, that's the thing. As much as LSU and Tennessee could have a rematch on Saturday, so could uh, Ole Miss and, and, and South Carolina. Now, South Carolina has, uh, you know, their center back, six foot seven center, goodness, who did not play Sunday. You know, if she's back, then maybe it's not a very close game. But, you know, I'm curious to see what Ole Miss could do with a week of difference, you know, and see, you know, you've seen the number one team in the country, you've seen the number one seed. You know, does that help at all? on a neutral court. So um, I- I'm curious to see what happens. And, and, and more importantly, I'm curious to see what teams like her, you know, her team, what these SEC teams do in the NCAA tournament. Because, you know, again, it's, it's nice that, if, that South Carolina has been carrying the mantle for this league, but uh, it is time for the rest of the teams in this league to step up. And, you know, she's got a team that absolutely can help, you know, reestablish this league uh, in that tournament. Charlie Cream of ESPN um, released their projections, I think, um, earlier this week. And I was intrigued by the top four seeds in the Bridgeport region uh, where UConn has resided for pretty much as long as 
They've been playing regionals at Bridgeport. But it's NC State, Iowa State, Maryland, and Tennessee. And I guess because UConn is a number three this time around, they couldn't really justify putting them in Bridgeport. So they are projected to Greensboro as a number three behind South Carolina and Michigan and ahead of Oklahoma. So you're finally actually seeing some neutral floors as we advance toward the final four on the women's side. And it's kind of been a long time coming. Oh, it absolutely has. And and that's the thing. I mean, the big joke on the men's side is, you know, getting Duke outside of North Carolina to start a tournament, right? Well, you know, and, and UConn with their success has certainly earned that ability to do that. But with uh, Paige Beckers having missed so much of this season with her injury, you know, it's kind of tough to shoehorn, you know, and, and, and bump up Connecticut, you know, to try and give them that opportunity. So, you know, but they don't, you know, that's, that's going to be the thing. They've already did for that. And now they're going to, if they've end, if that's the teams that end up playing there, uh, it's going to be very interesting, you know, because it's anything could go coming out of that region. And if I'm, if I'm the Tennessee Lady Vols and I, that's where I end up going, I got to feel really good about that opportunity because you know, you've got, you've got a couple players on your roster who, you know, have played up there, you know, in that area and, and, and familiar certainly with uh, Connecticut. So not the team, but the state. So I, I think it's wonderful because, you know, for all the talk about trying to, you know, get toward equality, you know, this is the next step that has to happen. Now, I'm really curious, Mo, uh, about seeing the attendance. You know, will will people in Connecticut show up if the Huskies aren't playing? That'll be a huge test because, you know, we've seen it in this state. You know, Tennessee Lady Vol fans turn out, you know, even when their team's somewhere else, if they can't travel, you know, will Husky fans do that as well? I did mean I did see in the uh, uh, the ESPN bracketology that Tennessee is listed as a four seed in the Knoxville uh, bracket in the first round. Potentially could play twelve seeded Kentucky, who is matched up against fifth seed Notre Dame. Except that in the College Park region, Kentucky is an eleven seed as well. So they're in the tournament twice, according to <laughs> Joe Lenardi. They're pretty good. That's 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 impressive. Or I'm sorry, Charlie Cram. Yeah, yeah. Not Joe Lenardi. I was thinking men's, but they're pretty good. They're going to have two teams. <laughs> they're just going to play. Two they're teams. going to have an eleven seed and a twelve seed. <laughs> anyway, I just thought that was interesting. So, but but yeah, Spokane, Tennessee to Spokane would certainly be something. Well, and that's the thing, guys. I mean, I know that uh, Charlie and Joe Lenardi already usually get their projections pretty on point. But, you know, as sometimes we just all need a little caffeine. Don't we all? I, especially, <laughs> I mean, these these poor bracketologists this time of year, man. Just forget it. <sighs> I'll tell you who didn't need any caffeine last night. John Morant. I was following along your, your tweets, Teresa, and, boy, you kept me you kept me on my feet, on my toes. And apparently he did. He kept you well, on your toes. Well, and that's the thing. That was, you know, watching this guy is fun regardless. But at a certain point in that game, his teammates understood what could happen in that game. And they were feeding him the ball. And, you know, this guy leads the NBA in points in the paint, right? And he is scoring in the paint at the rate that guys like Shaq, uh, Amari Stoudemire, uh, you know, guys who are six. 10 and up. I mean, Zion's done it, but he's 6'6", you know, and he's a big guy. We're still waiting to see him again on the floor. But he's putting up numbers 
you know, that are just stellar. So he comes off a game where he's already set, you know, a, a career record, you know, high with 46 points. And then he comes into this game and they're just feeding him 13 straight points at one stretch. Uh, the two highlights, you know, well, shoot, you could have picked a handful of highlights, you know, when he gets the 52 points, when he hit a three from the logo. Um, my two favorites are the ones that Sports Center went to really quickly last night. And here's the thing. Memphis or a team from the state of Tennessee, period, getting that quick of an eyeball on, on, on Sports Center is impressive and rare. And he was there for the uh, for, for the dunk going over the seven footer Jacob Purtle or however you say his name, and just you know posterizing him. And then at the end of the first half, give Stephen Adams credit. I mean, you know, a guy shoot. that Memphis fans will. Oh, that was. Ryan Caney Hill wishes he could be as on point with some of his passes because he throws that from the end line to the other end line and Josh catches it in air and hits nothing but net to beat the buzzer. 0.4 seconds. If he doesn't just catch and shoot off of a throw that was on point, then it's just, uh, oh, they're, 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 the half's over, forget it. Instead, you know, he's standing there with his arms raised and his teammates are going nuts. And then in that, that third and fourth quarter, when he finished the third quarter with 39 points, his teammates knew that they could get him to 50. And they were feeding him the ball, and he's slicing through the you know the paint. I mean, you had Greg Popovich saying afterwards that he wished he had a camera, that it was a special night and he's a special player. Greg Popovich, you might be wishing maybe the U.S. had taken him on the Olympic team last year to Japan. But I think Grizzly fans are happy because guess what? He, he worked in the dark and got himself to the hop that that kid has got, you know, the ability to get up high, it's just it's just kind of stunning. And when you look at that picture, the still of the picture of him catching and shooting, uh, he is up, his waist is at the head level of the rest that's behind the play. Uh, I mean, it's just how he gets that high is insane. And I talked to him and his dad in college when he said his dad had him, you know, training on truck tires. To, to get that, you know, to get that uh, vertical in his abilities. And it's like, it's just, guys, it's fun to watch. And now they're a game behind Golden State for number two, not just in the West, but in the NBA. Um, this is a team that I am expecting to keep me very busy this spring. I'm excited to hear that because I'm, I, I want to see them. I want to read about them. I want to hear about them. I cannot believe the Memphis Grizzlies have me excited about the NBA. Go figure. Teresa Walker of the Associated Press, thanks so much for taking some time. We will see you uh, soon in the in the papers, but not the funny side, in the sports side. That sounds good. <laughs> All right, when we come back, it's Top 5 Tuesday. Top 5 sports books turned to the screen right after this. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. 
Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. I was gonna tell you. <laughs> you really didn't want to turn my mic on, did you? So Tom House, you know the guy who caught Hank Aaron's 715th home run. Yeah, from the uh, Dodgers. From the Dodgers, yeah. yeah. He has a great Twitter account at Tom House, and he said he's waiting for the day a NCAA baseball player opts out of the draft to play a fourth year in college because they're making millions from the NIL. It's going to happen. And somebody replied, make a million or spend a year in a barely livable conditions developing either way. One offers more money, better training equipment, and covers your room and board while you finish a degree. The other might include a gas station sandwich. It's a pretty easy choice. (laughs) And at SEC Baseball, which is a great Twitter account, says SEC chant starts in the distance. And Tom House with maybe the tweet of the year. SEC cure the bag. That may be the new NIL tagline for the Southeastern Conference. I like it. SEC cure Cure the bag. bag. That's incredible. Tom House is the man. He might want to run out and copyright that. He might one. want to copyright that one. He might want to put a little trademark on mm. <laughs> on that one, Tom. Anyway. There may, just, yeah, may, Tom may have just secured the bag. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, I don't know. I don't know how, how veterans of that era of Major League Baseball are faring in. Which he's got a he's got a phenomenal business, mm-hmm. you know, outside of that, and Every does great helps. work. But yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Uh, it's Top Five Tuesday, and it is brought to you by our friends at Mid South Five Fitness. Dallas still in the gang. Stillathletes.com, at Stillathletes on Instagram and Facebook at S T E E L Athletes and Stillathletes.com. JP, don't give me that. We got plenty of time. <laughs> nobody, nobody's stopping us today. This train ain't slowing down, baby. We are going to try to get out of here as quickly as can, but there's no chance we're getting out of here by 3.30. So let's go ahead and give you today's top five. 
sports books turn to screen. That can be movies or TV shows or both. Or both. That's up to you. Let's uh, let's start with Mo. What is your number five? My number five goes back a while. Um, from the book I Am Third, Gail Sayers' biography came the movie Brian's Song about his relationship with fellow Chicago Bears running back Brian Piccolo, who was diagnosed in mid-career with cancer and later died. My number five is the book I Am Third (laughs) turned into the movie Brian's song. JP? Uh, Um, All right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with, um, you know, this may not be a popular one, but for me, The Blind Side. I liked it. Good. It was a good good story. It is a good story. It's a good story. Good acting in the movie. And, you know, it's it's a good story. That's one that I, I think about. I don't know. I, I like the movie. So my number four is The Blind Side. Hey. <laughs> he gave me that look like, what are you? Like this guy. Yeah. This guy. Oh, man. Yeah. My number four is Moneyball. That's it's, good. It, film-wise, one of my all-time favorite sports movies. I just, I didn't read. I've not read the book. But it seemed like it was so analytical. It'd be that, hard to read. Well, it seemed like it would be hard to read, and I didn't know how that, how all that analytical stuff was going to translate to the screen. So, and it did. It worked out. I think the movie is is much easier to watch than the book is to read because of the analytical issues. Mm-hmm. So, isn't every movie a lot easier to watch well, than to read? Well, yeah, but like specifically, <laughs> like this particular, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that book was probably tough. Um. All right, so number four for me, uh, Raging Bull, 1980, a cinematic marvel. Jake LaMotta. Yep. Um, my number three is The Natural. Hmm. Okay. That's a, that's a good one. My number three is um, Academy Award winner, Million Dollar Baby. It's a great book. Good movie. And, uh, it's a pretty good movie. Eastwood nailed it when he made the movie out of it, so... Mm-hmm. Well done. Well done to uh, to those folks, JP. All right, uh, number three. number three, three. Uh, I'll go with Moneyball. That was good. Yeah, I like Moneyball. Moneyball. My number two was Glory Road. That's uh, look. That is one of the best sports movies out there. Well, well, I just think it's, I think it's a great it's story. A great story. Period. Yeah. Don Haskins. Uh, Texas Western, the first all-black starting lineup in an NCAA um, basketball championship game. Uh, if you've not seen it, check it out. All right, here's where I stretch the rules a little. No, not you. Fight Club. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a sport, kind of. Underground boxing, <laughs> MMA, whatever. <laughs> But yeah, well, yeah, I just don't want to. They bet on it, right? I'm not so. going to talk about it right now, though. They bet on it, didn't they? No, don't yeah. don't talk about I'm it. I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah, I'm just going right. to tell you. It's, that's, that's, uh, that's one of the rules, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Number two, uh, Field of Dreams. 
Good call. My number one, and I read the book forever ago, and Jody's had me binging on the series on Netflix. It's Friday Night Lights. Because I, I wasn't around when it was on NBC initially, but it's a pretty good series. Uh, I mean, I, there, there are some pretty far-fetched components of it. I, I find it hard to believe that you've got so many teens being unsupervised in one town, but, you know, it is what it is. Hey, as long as they can uh, play football. I guess. I mean, I don't, I don't know how... <laughs> I don't know how Riggins leaves the team for three days to go to New York and then comes back and runs for 100 yards or whatever. But anyway. West Texas football. I guess. Yep. My number one is Friday Night Lights, and it's not close. Yep. Both the movie and the TV show. The TV show, I actually got Sarah to watch it with him because it's got enough stuff in there for females Mm -hmm. that they're going to like it. And it's it's the perfect drama with sports and – yeah. Well done. Friday Night Lights. The book was really good. Though. Yeah, yeah. The one that turned into the movie. Right. And then, of course, you got Mike Winchell, played by Luke, uh, Lucas Black, who mm-hmm. is from Spake, Alabama. So, you know. Number one, JP. My wife actually got me watching the series as well, Friday Night Lights. Great series. Um, and uh, so there you go. Yeah, my number one. <laughs> it's the the consensus number one. First yep. time we've ever had that. That doesn't here. happen every day. That's the first time we've ever had a consensus number one on this show. But it, it was the first thing that came to my mind when I thought about this. Mm-hmm. Again, the reason we did this one is because Jeff Perlman's Showtime, which chronicled the eighty-two to eighty-four. Four Lakers? Something like that. 80s Lakers. Uh, 80s Lakers, yeah. Not to be confused with KT Oslin's 80s <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> but <laughs> so, so, again, the book is called Showtime. The book the is called Showtime. The series is not called Showtime because of where it, mostly where right. it is airing. It's called Winning Time. Winning Time. It premieres yep. Sunday on HBO Max. The book is Showtime, Magic, Kareem, Riley, and the Los Angeles Lakers dynasty of the 1980s. Okay, so it is the 80s Lakers, yeah. just the, the the dynasty of the 80s. All mm-hmm. right, so there you go. Jeff Perlman will join us on Thursday, 3 o'clock, so come back for that. But uh, there you have it, our top five, brought to you by Mid-South 5 Fitness, steelathletes.com, at steelathletes on Twitter. Or, I'm sorry, on Instagram. They're not on Twitter. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. We'll be back tomorrow, same bat time, same bat channel, 2 o'clock. Join us then.